0: Welcome to this episode of the Spinoza Triad. In this episode I'm going to interview my fellow host Dr Richard Miller, whose career in blues guitar, mixed martial arts and philosophy. Shed some light on the nature of education. Richard, <laughs> where to start? But let's start at the beginning. Let's say that you didn't have the most stellar career in school?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I left at about 15. I think I had a GCC in art, and yeah, the others were, um, I didn't really engage too well with the school process, really. I, I'm dyslexic, which I'm 148 well, now, so, you know, back then it was, um, I wouldn't say it was misdiagnosed, but I didn't, well, I said it wasn't, wasn't diagnosed at all. People didn't really mention it much. But that definitely had on um, my education. Yeah, I, I just wasn't one of those kids back then. I don't think John was really into it at all, as as we've experienced over the years. You know, it just wasn't it wasn't for me then. Uh, so I left school and I ended up a, a labourer, a hod carrier, ground worker. You know, so it, it basically sort of you know dug dug holes sort of thing. I, I was on holiday and met a guy that was his name was John Tupper. So if you hear this, John. You know, thanks. Uh, it's just one of those chance encounters. I was I was at a bar ended up chatting to him and um he'd come over to do an m.a in philosophy he'd already he was from new zealand he was working in a bar in london and he was doing an m.a i think it was at the london school of economics to cut a long story short the interesting thing for me was i I didn't know anything about philosophy at all i'd kind of heard of it and knew it it asked interesting questions but i didn't really know anything about them and you know over the course of a week or so i got to know him you know he mentioned about the, the usual kind of suspects, you know, Descartes and this kind of thing. And I, and I just instantly found it fascinating, you know, it was just
0: instantly interesting to me. I should say at this stage to our, to our listeners that um, where we stand now, even though I've started with you didn't have a stellar career at school, you left school at 15 with, with, a, with a GCSE in art. and uh, but, where we, but where we stand now, because on the other side of this career, you are, you've got a first class degree, you've got a, a PhD in philosophy. And then besides that you're a coach of of mixed martial arts with some success there as well and yet it starts with a did it i mean did it start with a chance encounter with a chap yeah it it
1: literally did it literally did you know it was it was a moment chance encounter with the guy i did try and i did try and look him up afterwards but i I couldn't i couldn't find him um I I, i presume maybe i could if i looked online a bit more now things have moved on a bit since then but yeah it did I, I went back and i and i um i signed up to the open university and um it wasn't even a course it wasn't one of those they, did, they didn't do straight philosophy it was with uh with other, other sort of aspects but it was I, I ended up not doing philosophy sociology was a was was my first degree was it i ended up um Going through the, I started off on a two year social sciences through that, but it, but the, the initial course was like a, it was just an introduction to study. And I remember saying to my, my wife, Nick, you know, if I could just, I just want to finish it, read it, finish it. And, and where, where the OU are, are so good was in, was in the study skills. They teach you active reading, they teach you note taking. One of the first things you get given are exercises in how to actually study. Um, but, but, I, but I feel like it, so it's a, it's the a same for, for a martial artist, you know, you can look at. So MMA, mixed, mixed martial arts, is it, it, a mixture of different disciplines.
0: So you leave school, but you're clearly uh, instantly fascinated by it, or you're fairly instantly fascinated by the idea of ideas. Yeah. By by the thought of philosophy asking profound questions. So school didn't do that?
1: No. Uh, yeah, no, it <laughs> didn't in the slightest at all. No, no, I hated it. I hated it. I went to school to see my friends. And, uh, and i was utterly unengaged with anything to do with school I, you know i don't think i was radically bad i was one of those students that just didn't seem to um want to be there <laughs> we've all had them there, haven't we at various times and 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 did no work john either you know i mean that's the other thing that surprises me now i look at you know i've got three children myself and the work they do i i literally did nothing I, and it was one of those cases I, I just went through the net you know slightly there i, I was kind of a, a low a low level student, you know, I didn't do any work. I had no interest in it. I I wasn't overly disruptive, I don't think. I think I was one of those sort of cheeky chappies. You know, I was up up for a laugh, but I I wasn't causing major mayhem anywhere. I just wasn't in any way, shape or form interested in in anything. (laughs) How did you feel? Frustrated, John, honestly. Angry, yeah. Yeah,
0: I you know if if you imagined a column and you had to ask people to write in that column all the things they learned at school, they could fill it up fairly quickly. So I learned mathematics and I did some mat- history, learned about the Romans and I did this and so I did, I did. Then they might start putting qualifications, I mean, actual things you learn, skills you learn, and then you say to them, well, what did you unlearn at school? and They say, well, it's nonsense. They learn anything. Out. It's like pouring, you know, pouring from a jug into a pot. They pour things into my head, and you say, well, but what they unlearned? They probably unlearned how to, how to uh, draw. They learned they couldn't dance. They probably learned they weren't very they learned that big ideas like philosophy were not for them I, I, I'll bet the balance is about half of students leave school unlearned un- more than they
1: learned yeah I would say so yeah you know, I mean I just want to say just quickly uh, there were some teachers though that I got on with very well and who I didn't forget Stuart Renshaw I think his name was a PE teacher at Gilbert Inglefield school when I was there he, he was just a brilliant guy you know really kind of um, encouraging just a, a fantastic I don't know if role model is the right word because I didn't really see him in that eye but I just you know, you're just pleased to see someone. He was a kid. You know, he was not strict in in a in a kind of traditional sense, but you didn't you weren't out of line with him. But I also think, on reflection, he was he was a very good. I think he was a cricketer or rugby. He was a rugby player. I can't remember. Um, really fit guy. Really, just you know, everyone looked up to him, and, and and he was just a great guy. Miss Holt, her name was, was a music teacher there. She was. Um, she really inspired me as well. Uh, and, and, and do you know what? I mean, just inspired me just to like, you know, have a go on the ocarina,
0: you
1: <laughs> know, have a go on this drum, you know, just have a go on stuff.
0: What, what, Richard, what, what is an ocarina?
1: It's a kind of round, uh, imagine a bull shaped recorder made of clay. I will, I'll, I'll try and imagine that. <laughs> it was like that. I just remember that. I just remember them selling them to us, ocarinas at the school. And I, yeah. Funny you say that. I'd never thought of that. How did they do that? Because everyone ended up with these ocarinas. They must have got a job a lot cheap or something. And not, uh, But everyone had ocarinas that year, but it, it was... Yeah, she was brilliant. I, I really got well with her. So I did have good relationships with someone, and this is this was in the middle school. I don't want to paint it like it was all
0: negative experiences, my education. It wasn't... It was just... Oh, God! No. so in case the, the teachers of Dr. Richard Miller, if you're out there, it wasn't all awful, but that's so so true of so much of people's experience of school is that they they remember a trip or they remember an experience or they remember a personality. And often, I mean, we will tell you that something something you said or some lessons you let, you, let, you gave them changed the direction of their lives. And you think, well, it's quite quite a profound experience, got a profound responsibility.
1: But in order to do that, John, I think you need some kind of there has to be a level there has to be some form of relationship there between student and teacher, where one in which that allows that idea to flourish within that. I, th- I think um, under certain conditions that you, you're never going to get that because if there's a level of resentment. There's not the right environment there where, where you can allow ideas to work their magic, if you like. Traditionally, there's been within, it's in martial arts, it's in philosophy, it's in the role of, of teaching. So there has to be a certain freedom there to cultivate that, I think where is the freedom to explore ideas critically? And that's the key point. I think students have to be allowed to bring their own experiences to critically engage with something that you give them and and test it with the evidence that they have and find out if it has a meaning to them. Uh, and that's really when these ideas start to, to come alive. Well, they did for me anyway, you know.
0: Those are some of the most profound skills that carry you through life. And almost part of the invisible curriculum they're there they're there in a number of subjects in fact it almost doesn't matter what the subject is it might it might be english literature philosophy social science or it might be mathematics something that leaves you with that critical sense or inspiration towards learning when did when did mixed martial arts first start or well, martial arts generally
1: i listened to a martial arts podcast the other day and the guy was talking about uh, the mma one he was talking about anthony robbins the, the life guru and he said you, you can kind of summarize everything he does down into find someone that does something that you want to do and copy them and i think academia works very much like that or it can do and it and it works well when it does i think martial arts works well like that i think i think a lot you know human beings work quite well like that and and for me i guess as a kid i was I saw Enter the Dragon when I was—I don't know how old I was. I was a pretty hyperactive kid, so I wanted to go and do karate or kung fu. And my parents were like, "No way, you're not—we're not having you kicking and punching anything." (laughs) You know, (laughs) I don't know what I was. I was doing about six or seven or something. But I had to wait, and in the end, they got me into judo. So, um, on reflection and the way uh, MMA went, it was—it wasn't a bad place to start, to be honest. But I, I started in judo when I think I was eight or nine. It was really good. You know, I loved it, and then I moved on to. It was it was a form of kickboxing so you box with your hands and the kicks were sort of primarily sort of karate style kicks uh and you kick waist above and and the competitions were you'd, you'd have a number of competitions in a day same as the judo ones were like that and and the competitions were, were good for me because i i was you know truth be told i was terrified <laughs> uh yeah so then and then i i ended up meeting a guy that had trained with a thai he he taught a variety of martial arts but he'd actually trained. Muay Thai with a, with with a, with a Thai in Thailand and, and and then I trained with him for a few years, and then off with another left and went to another uh, to a pure Muay Thai gym, uh, and and trained. So I got I went from sort of kickboxing to to Thai boxing, which um, for those listening that aren't aware of the relationship there, Muay Thai is is a is, is a form it's a, it's a martial art in and of itself, it's a discipline from Thailand, it's a form of
0: kickboxing. So now, what is the mix in mixed martial arts? What, what... So, yeah, so just moving
1: on to that first, because this this was all long before mixed martial arts. I, I did that for a number of years. And then I probably stopped that when I was about 25, um, around this kind of time that I, started, I, I met this guy and got into academia. But, I mean, I ended up joining a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym. And that's, so that's ground fighting. So I'd left Thai boxing. I ended up... Um, doing the striking, so mixed martial arts is a combination of these martial arts so probably, I was probably late 20s uh, ended up, and it was in its infancy in the UK then really, there weren't many places doing it I I ended up going to a gym where it was primarily then, ground based uh, and meeting the grapplers and and training in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and they were doing MMA as well, in competitions, so you could do competitions as pure grappling, which was Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in, in a gi, in a suit then you could do what's called Nogi, which was without the the suit, which is just like shorts and t-shirt. You you'd, you'd grapple like that, and then they did uh, MMA, which was with striking as well. And obviously that starts standing. So um, I'd had this experience in these different sort of kickboxing and, and, and muay thai areas, which I kind of let I put behind me then. But ended up this one gym I was at, they were they were they were pretty good. You know, um, you know there was some pretty decent pro fighters there. And I ended up sort of helping a, a few out with some sort of clinch positions and some elbows and knees and bits, and and then s- slowly, kind of that I went to another gym, um, and started doing um, teaching their, their MMA guys to just stand up striking, which was which is a kind of draws from Muay Thai, but has also the boxing footwork and boxing hands. So it was just a, again you're mixing up different parts of these martial arts, and and the beauty of MMA, which I have kept me interested for so long. Again, I didn't intend to be an MMA coach. It's just something that's just I've really enjoyed and kept all the things going and just enjoyed it, really. It evolves all the time. The sport, if you watch it, what was MMA looked like 15 years ago was different to 10 years ago, different to five years ago, and it's changing again now. It's become its own system, if you like, almost, because it draws from the different systems or different martial arts the bits that are most effective. And not all, not all are effective for all people all the time. I want to say that, you know, you do get specialists and you do get various people who will gravitate towards one area over others, but I think that's a kind of summary of my relationship with it anyway.
0: And my guest, Dr Richard Miller, as we reflect on learning through music, mixed martial arts and philosophy. First ever I heard there's a thing that people do called cage fighting. Well, I just imagined, as I said to you yesterday, people thrown into a cage, and, and the one who's the one who's still alive after half an hour comes out again, and there was no structure to it or anything of that kind. But of course, actually, what you what, what I've learned from you, it is a it's a martial art, and there is there's an emphasis on the word art. There's a technique to it, as with all arts, as a skill you can learn that we, you know. Uh, so it's highly technical. I think I've
1: always in, I've always liked things that move and change, and um, that aren't static, and and it's really you say about it. Yeah, it's a technical game of chess. I've enjoyed grappling over the years immensely, but I mean they're so technical, it's phenomenal. Like likewise, some of the the, 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 the stand-up guys are just uh, amazing now, and the skill level is is it's, it's, compared to what it was 20 years ago, it's phenomenal, and I wonder what it would be like in another 20 years. You know, it's it's, it's incredible.
0: And you're. You're a strike
1: coach, yeah, striking. So it's just the kick, kicking. So that's that's uh, yeah. So I mean, look on on the higher end, guys, that I would do um, just just the striking part. So the kicking, punching, the knee,ing the elbow, and, and elements of the clinch. I wouldn't call myself a, a complete MMA coach. There are head coaches who who do everything, who who, who will teach all aspects of it. I've kind of stayed in that lane because it's one that I know I'm comfortable with and I'm, I kind of specialise in that area. That's what people come to me for. It's just that, that that one area. So when you see the fights start and they're standing up and they're moving around and they're fainting and they've got footwork and their heads are moving a certain way and their, their hands are in a certain place and the job then for the striker is either to, to use the cage wall to get back up again or not or get held down and, and then lose. So my area was just really the, the, the move about standing area. As well as I, I want to say that I did... You know, I taught quite a long time. Uh, my friend owns a, a, a Muay Thai gym, or well, did, it's, it's shut through COVID, unfortunately, but we ran a very successful Muay Thai kids program and that that was just stand-up. So it's its own martial art, um, as opposed to something like the MMA, where it's just, you're blending different bits and pieces together there.
0: So when you first encounter martial arts, you're, you're going onto a gym while you're working, he's going out there in the evening and so on. Or, or, or when you're free, free time, you're going to a gym and so on. Now you're a coach. Who, who, are, the, who are the young people, guys, women, possibly, who come through the door that you encounter?
1: Uh, I, I would say all sorts, John, really. You know, it, the great thing about the sport is it really, it's got something for everyone. Whether or not everyone becomes a great fighter, there, there's a lot of components
0: for moving parts, really, for that. But in demographic terms, I mean, is it mostly, it's mostly young men? Primarily, yeah. Primarily young men. Um,
1: but you do get older people that come through and, and want levels of fitness. You also get, uh, you know, MMA has embraced um, uh, uh, female fighters as well. You know, the, the, the highest level at the UFC. There are always girl fights uh, fighting on there. And, and, you know, there are some fantastic champions. The one fighter, actually, Shevchenko, she, I mean, she's an absolutely amazing um, fighter. And so, it, there, there are, yeah, there, there are. You've got a sort of modern. It's, it's a very, it's a very contemporary sport because it's only it only came about in the early '90s, and it's largely a child of the internet. You know, it kind of was born out of social media, and well, no, before social media, sort of chat rooms and and, and this kind of thing. It was it kind of moved through through those ranks.
0: Where I'm going with this, in a way, is that it was. I don't know the first time I heard that boys were failing at school, and girls were getting better and better, but now girls outperform boys at every aspect of of schooling and and higher education. And lots of young men leave school with poor experiences and having unlearned more than they've learned. And you were telling me, I think you you characterised, that much of the way in which you got back into academia, studying, you used disciplinary techniques of the disciplinary lessons, rather, of the gym, of, of of mixed martial arts, of martial arts, definitely,
1: definitely. Because what I did, I looked at this open university course, and, and I, I knew, you know, that I, I, I wanted to do it, and it was, and I wanted to complete it, and I knew I was working, however many hours a week, you know, and I knew I had time in the morning, I had time at night, and very much like you prepare a guy for a fight. And I, by the way, I didn't do this consciously at the time; it was just. My mind worked like that. I now realise because of years of, 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 you know, years of training. But it was, I I wrote down in the morning, you know, I I woke up and tried to do my active reading in the morning before work. Sat there and tried to do the stuff that they tell you to do, you know, write it down in your own words. Then I would go to work, come back, and I would read through it and then try and summarise again in my own words and then read the original article again and see if it it made more sense. Kind of almost set... Uh, set a timetable up which is it, it's exactly what you do in mma now when i was training a lot you know that that was how we did things i had a training partner or partners we would meet up at various points in the week uh, and we would whether or not it was in gyms or whether or not it's a lot of friends with garages whatever or specific friend with a garage we'd go there and we'd never miss a session you know and we would have our runs through there we would have our bag work pad work uh we'd have technical work we'd work through stuff there And we just keep going, just repet a martial artist's life is about repetition. It's just drill, drill, drill over and over again. And and academia is exactly the same. You know, that's that's how I went at that then. So it's and, and and there's another key thing I thought about this. You know, the idea of motivation. You see a lot of people talk about motivated, being motivated. That that that's utterly against the ethos of martial arts, I think. You you don't want to be motivated, you want to be self disciplined. If you have discipline, you don't need motivation. The discipline of martial arts is to carry on doing something when you don't want to do it. You know, success in academia for
0: me is that. Well, that's a fantastic lesson, because I think so much of our culture. I'm gonna sound like an old fogey now, but I am in my 60s, well into my sixties now, so get my get my state pension this year. So hey, you know. So I can I can I'm allowed to say stuff like this that I think our culture does produce. Um, a sense in which if you want something, if you will something, if you're motivated to go for it culture, You culture, know, that if you go for it, then somehow success will follow. But it's like, about like desiring that thing. And desire will produce success. Well, clearly you desire, but the desire has to result in the relentless, repetitious, disciplined application over time.
1: Put the work in. And, and, and you have to be almost detached from that. I mean, that's something that Stoicism teaches you, isn't it? You know, happiness is 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 largely by you know recognizing things in your control and things that aren't in your control. It's, it's organizing your time in such a way that you can commit to a thing, wh- wh- whether or not it's you want to be a martial arts guy, you want to be a Thai boxer, or a MMA fighter, or or you want to do well in academia or, or be a good student. What, you know, what it's exactly the same. You you set a framework out and you stick to it you don't worry about you feeling motivated or not that doesn't don't, don't worry about that you just get on with it i watched
0: like many a middle-class parent i watched my elder daughter learn the violin well there's literally years of the most appalling noise <laughs> you know, and repetition 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 learning technique technique until it becomes muscle memory and second nature and all those things that, have, that is embedded in now years of years of effort and all sorts of moments when she might have given up and not done it, and we went. I wasn't like a, we went like tiger parents of get to your violin lessons. You must do your two hours. But if she was enjoying it, she did it. If she didn't enjoy it, you no, know, uh, that was fine. And she she enjoyed the incremental, very very incremental process of learning. So I that, that that sense in which, and I think anyone who's completed a an OU degree because that OU is you know, you've got to do it before you go to work. You've got to do it when you come home from work. You've got to do it in your lunch hour. You've got to do it. There isn't this sort of timetable of get to the lecture and get to the lesson. So in martial arts, you
1: break down an MMA fighter. I was sort of look at a fighter, or, or look at look at the sport with you know tactical, technical, athleticism. You know, these are these are the three areas that you break something down to. You know, is it, it, success is largely a combination of those things. You know, um. The athleticism is obviously what it what it means. You know, it's the strength and conditioning, you all the other parts that, that the physicality of the, the person for their weight because they're they're on a certain weight. They're, and then the other aspects are it's technical. So what techniques do they have? How much of these repetitions have they put down? This kind of thing. And then you've got tactical. You know, how is that? How are those techniques and the, and that athleticism applied in a tactical sense? What's the game plan going into whatever you're going to do, and 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 does the guy stick to it? I think that academia is exactly the same, and where where the OU is so strong, and and good teaching, I think, practice as well within a, a school or a university, is the ability to teach both of those things. You you need the, the study skills are the key, and you need you also need a, a, a kind of st- st- a strategy. You need some way in which to implement those. So for me. The bit I took from, 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 you know, I realise now was was being able to put it into a framework, you know, where I would do it relentlessly no matter what. You know, I would just... And when I did the PhD, it was the same. Like, writing up day was Friday because I'd I managed to get a day off on the Friday. So regardless, you know, hungover or whatever else it was, you know, Friday was still... I sat there and words had to come out. <laughs> they didn't... <laughs> Sometimes nothing would, but again, it's that, it's that, it's that self-discipline, isn't it?
0: What's that thing about the saying? What is the difference between writers and people who want to be writers? Well, the writers write. That's the difference. They actually do sit down and write, as opposed to the would-be writer who thinks they might get into it one day. this week, Dr. Richard Miller, as we discuss learning through music, mixed martial arts, and philosophy. Was it you telling me also that when when a a fighter goes into the fight, that in in essence, the first punch they get in the face, they're going to forget what they're training. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, from that from that moment onwards, it's basically conscious or it's unconscious. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I've said that to you. I mean, it's not, that definitely happens. I mean, it's, it's just, and, and I think I think it's that, what, what I love about MMA and, and I, I put in this like judo, jiu-jitsu, boxing, Muay Thai, kickboxing, you know, anyone that's done any of these things, you know, you, you have my respect because it's not easy. They're very difficult. They're very stressful. They can be immensely j- enjoyable and heartbreaking and, and just tough. Just very, very tough, and I think it's experiencing that toughness of, of that difficulty that that gives you the the, the discipline that I'm talking about, that the the, the self discipline. I mean, personally, I'm I, I wouldn't call myself a self discipline person in the slightest, but in in those specific areas, I have been. I think largely because of that, and and so you know when I've said to you before, like those in in the past that you, you can do everything that's supposed to happen, and. It takes time for them to settle into a situation where they can use the skills they've got. You know, it, it just all goes out the window in the amateurs very much. Not always, not always. Some guys it doesn't. You get some real, some real naturals that just are just listen and, and they're just there and they're they're very present. They're in the moment and they and everything just flows. You get paralysis by analysis. You get some guys that are awesomely awesome technically, but freeze and can't get it going and and then and it for those guys it just takes a bit longer it's just time again it's that um discipline to continue going don't worry about the outcome the winning or the losing just just carry on carry on going you know it's a process and just keep keep at it
0: and do you see do you see the experience you had that the discipline of martial arts is beneficial to some of the guys you come across
1: Oh god, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, at so at so many levels, and I've met so many guys who have who have explored around the essence of martial arts and become interested in psychology. I've seen it give meaning. It, it shapes, especially MMA, and especially at the higher levels, you can't really do a lot else. I mean, you you, you, you can people do work full time jobs, but it, it's 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 so demanding of these guys' time that it, it gives, I think, a meaning, an identity, which is really important, that they, they identify themselves as their fighters, their MMA fighters, and, and this is what they do. And they work really hard at it. It's, it's a very, very demanding
0: sport. There is, a sort, there is some, some sort of synergy between discipline and between thinking about the world in a, in a broader sense. Very much so, very much so. In a sense, to be to be completely, to break the cliche of the guys who go to the gym are not the guys you're going to have a, a conversation with about about life, morality, ethics, how to, how to live the good life or anything of those kinds.
1: The life of a, of a modern day mixed martial artist or somebody who wants to, to be involved in that life, it kind of answers all of those questions because you do have a meaning, you do have a purpose. You're gaining so many more skills that you're not even. At least that a young martial artist isn't even aware of that they're getting. Like I say, they're, they're transferable skills. You get someone that's very good at that's trained hard in MMA and and, and continues to do to, to do so. I'm, I keep referencing MMA, but really any any of these. I say the contact martial arts because there's there's a huge difference between. Competing as a kickboxer or a, or a jiu-jitsu fighter or anything else and, and then, doing, then doing some martial art that with, with no contact at all. Because you, you, I think you need... There's something about pushing yourself against another human being struggling inspiring, even if you're not a competitive um, martial artist. But, you're, you know, if you're, you go to a jiu-jitsu mat, put on that gi and go on those mats. And, you know, it's a humbling experience the first time you do it it's very addictive it's exhausting it's immensely rewarding and you learn so much about yourself i think it would radically transform education if, if these kinds of programs were were available for, for everyone
0: what we teach in the schools the su- the subjects we teach have largely arrived through accident they're the result of 19th century ideas about or, or even earlier ideas about what what how you divide up intellectual pursuits into things which have arrived and are generally pursued by people who themselves have pursued those subjects and have a an identity attached to them so you you teach the, the maths you learned yourself and you teach the history you learned yourself because that's what young people should learn because that's what you learned and there's a there's a momentum in teaching which is often not questioned and there's certainly momentum in the structure of schools they are that way because they are that way so so I don't think it's absurd. I think it's a thing we should really do is ask why we teach what we teach. Doesn't it draw even more fundamental questions
1: though, about, you know, why we teach? Well, I think there's a big, bigger question, Mark, on over, over the... What are you trying to achieve from an education? Training someone to pass an exam is not necessarily educating them. That was what I saw change. I went from what I felt was teaching to being required to facilitate a syllabus and both the teaching and the students it became very instrumental. It was just like a list of checklists. The, the critical aspects, which
0: I think are the most important parts, were all removed. If you extracted the amount of time you spend teaching students, the techniques of success within examinations, which are themselves highly arbitrary and arrived. At, arrived we've talked in the past about the, the arrival in, in academia of the, of the structured essay and the timed exam it sort of, it sort of happens as a as an accident as an idea about what intellectual pursuit is and also a, a tendency to think rather disparagingly about physical activity i mean i know that, that you know from the Greeks onwards the the, the body of I mean, we were talking the other day about the roman the roman gymnasium and the roman baths and so on how side by side the library the library was attached to the gymnasium something i learned recently on a trip to rome is that intellectual pursuit and physical pursuit went side by side in the classical world. And and you might say, well, they do in school today, you know, there's the PE lesson and so forth. But very much a bias towards being in that exam room, a hierarchy of knowledge which emphasises examinable outcomes produced through academic study in very strict ways of, of assessing those. So those those become assessed through mechanisms that become themselves the means of study. So you study the mechanisms of of passing the exam. And as you say, I I totally agree with you. I think one of the things I noticed over the years in teaching was how instrumental the whole process became, and sometimes to the detriment of the love of learning. So let's go back to. So there you are, Richard. This is your this is your life. So you're 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 into MMA and uh, you you're doing your of your, your sociology degree at the OU, uh, but philosophy, because that, that's where me and you overlap. Because we do a podcast, the Spinoza Triad podcast, the very successful Spinoza Triad podcast that is audience is growing almost exponentially in the last in the last few episodes when we when we discuss philosophy. And I think the principle of our philosophy discussions have always been that that you shouldn't be afraid to discuss big ideas. Don't be afraid. Don't be, never let your ignorance put you off any discussion. <laughs> Never let ignorance stand in your way of pretending to know stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the important that was where did where did philosophy start for you?
1: So as a strand within the social sciences and, and sociology, there it has, as most subjects do, a, a deeply philosophical underpinning from largely epistemological. Through the social science it has to ask the question of how you know what you know. So I never really left it in that sense. I was always interested in the more philosophical areas of, of the social sciences. I, I ended up reading quite a bit of Foucault's stuff, so around discourse, language, power, which touched around Nietzsche. And, and then obviously with sociology, you have Marx and you have the, the idea of ideology, the concept of ideology itself. is so a fascinating concept that can you know, keep you busy for a few years if you, if you go down that kind of rabbit hole so there, it was never really it never really left you know when you start off in these in these areas it's like there is there's a kind of just like there is in in martial arts there are, there are uh, lineages you get the same in academia you know you get you can trace the different thoughts if you like that go back you know most roads obviously go back to the sort of greek period but a lot of the, i was interested in the sort of contemporary more modern philosophy then and then, then I went back, back to um, it was. It was largely, I think, after I'd finished the PhD, really, that, that I got really back into the, the sort of classical philosophy stuff. Because the thing when you do a PhD is you you know a hell of a lot about one small area. All of your time is is, is spent on that one area, and you become very immersed in it. Uh, my, mine was on belief, so it was it was around. I, I still find interesting now. And that, that was another thing I'd say, John, as well. You know, it, it, I think the thing about martial arts, which, which is good, is people are interested in it. Likewise, I think when you're studying something, it's not what subjects should you do. It's what subjects do you find interesting. <laughs> Forget what you should do. You know, it's that adage, isn't it? Find something you enjoy doing and never work another day. And, and, and I really feel like, for me, studying was that. Uh, it's never been a chore. I, I don't want it to sound like I'm this self-disciplined guy that just, no, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the reading. I enjoyed finding out new stuff that I didn't know before. And I, and do you know what I still I still do now, which is largely what a podcast is, isn't it really?
0: I think of my my father, very typical of a lot of men in his generation of the 1930s, besides besides the interruption of the Second World War and all that stuff, but he finished school before the Second World War. And he left school with no no qualifications at all, but that was that was very common for working class lads in those days. But he always had this sort of um well, he was an autodidact. Really, he just read and read and read and read and read stuff, and taught stuff, and learned stuff, and taught. So, he taught himself to become an engineer. He taught himself to disassemble back radios and put them back together again, electricity, and so on, and be- became very successful because he had a desire to learn. And I was talking to a guest a few weeks ago. She'd done a study, a PhD on the on the Finnish education system, and they said, "Well, you can't necessarily just say the Finnish education system one of the most successful in the world." He said, "Well, let's do what they do there." Simply take their education system and do that. Won't we be successful? Well, no, because in, the, in, in essence, because of all sorts of historical and cultural things that have happened to the Finns, occupation by the Russians, a sense of constant threat from from uh, enemies, a, a relatively recent sense of wanting to identify themselves as different to being Swedish, meant that Finns have an in, a cultural bias towards wanting to self-improve. It won't be an uncommon experience for teachers to go into a class in this country and find that, the, that students have learned, especially by secondary school, they've learned how to not learn and they've learned the things they can't learn. I actually think there's a,
1: an innate thing within most people as teachers and within you know young people or wherever, wherever age you are, people do want to know more and th- and they do want that. The reality of the teacher goes into a the classroom, they're overworked, they've got so much to do, they've got so many students to look at it's it's literally impossible to do the job at a, at a level of which you're you're talking about there or it's should i say it's extremely difficult for for most teachers it's almost an impossible job for, for the way in which we're discussing it now for that to be able to work efficiently because you've, you've ended up with a kind of quantitative numbers game rather than ideas and critical thinking
0: but also one of the other things i know i noticed over the years especially was was the annihilation of music? How I watched, I watched a vibrant music service impoverished impoverished of funding, and then just then virtually destroyed. It became it became so middle class parents who had the resources to provide violin lessons for their kids that was fine, but a broad learning of music, you know, working working class lads could sit in a bedroom and pick out chords on a guitar that'd be fine. You could still do that, but essentially music as a subject was was utterly gutted during the years uh, uh, of, of teaching so let's talk about the other thread richard of your of your ability the guitar and the steel guitar and blues guitar where did that start
1: yeah when i was young i, I, was, I was very very lucky to have a, a dad who was a big muddy waters fan kind of my earliest memories whereas Purple Cortina with the eight-track they had in them before tapes even, and it had the muddy waters. And I just remember hearing it was a uh, Catfish Blues was the track. I, I, you know, I obviously know it quite well now, but I, I, I distinctly remember. You know, it was one of my earliest memories was that track. And it's just I don't know. It was, again, it was a bit like with the philosophy thing. I just struck it. <laughs> Should I excuse the fun? It struck a chord. Uh, <laughs> That was awful, wasn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, ended up, um, it's not a dissimilar journey to the martial arts one. They've had similar kind of waiting, probably more. So, uh, with the guitar over the years, the steel guitar was, was something that I just, um, it was weird. I never any really desire to teach it or anything else. I'm not a coach or anything. I, I taught my son, that was it. And he took from it what he wanted and it moved in his own direction. so primarily I just want to state you know I wasn't rocking the main stage of Glastonbury it was primarily background music in weddings and uh, restaurants and stuff I I play uh, I play I I ended up playing and still do now um, sort of 1930s steel resonator guitars if you see the old metal ones with the paint chipped off them sort of thing that that, um, I play with a bottleneck or slide both upright slide and, and lap slide so that's uh That's really my niche, just like the niche thing with the the striking, I suppose.
0: I I suspect, and this is going to sound like a completely facetious observation, you know, this is like, you know, you're saying stuff, but I don't mind. Is that if you had a school in an imaginary world, parallel universe, and that school's curriculum was martial arts, music and philosophy, say well go okay, secondary school and you say well don't worry about the mathematics and the and the reading and writing because they, they've learned as much literacy by the time they're 11 these students as they ever going to need in life and that's actually true like most people have learned all the maths they'll ever need in life by the time they're about 11 and if they need to become engineers and architects they can do that afterwards and study that but they'll leave school with music martial arts and philosophy and you think well I, so I, I, just, I just suspect that you say, well, that's crazy. It's ridiculous. Who'd send kids to, that, to a school like that? Such a narrow curriculum. But I, don't think, I think it would be a very broad curriculum. I think, that, I think that society, I think it would actually work quite well. And I don't, and I don't mean that as simply a, a jest or a thought experiment. I think it probably would work as well, if not better, than a system we've got now, which often I think narrows and de-teaches and unteaches. I mean, there is, John. There is,
1: there is, and I could, I could, I think, I think the, if you said like music, philosophy is in, there's an enjoyment with all of these things, and then there's the actual becoming better at something or, or, or in enjoying it. I think I go back to that thing of like people like to be good at something. You, you said about what my life like at school. I was frustrated because I, I think I wasn't very good at anything. Not really. I, I kind of been mucking about with guitar then. And I'd been I was already tie boxing quite a lot by the time I left so my identity was kind of in in that and I, I was getting good at that I mean tie boxing I was doing most evenings by then but I think the thread there the relationship with them is, is it's I think people people like to get good at something just for themselves It's just rewarding to put practice into something and get better at it. So I think music, philosophy, martial arts, you know any of these any of these kinds of things that you want to do Uh, you'll you'll get better at them the more you do them there are more efficient ways to spend your time technically again we go back to that because there are technical things on a guitar that you do or don't do or understand things of it there are also tactical ways of approaching it you know uh, endlessly jamming as much as enjoyable as it is and which is something i do you know i I do a lot of isn't probably as efficient a way of spending your time than, than than maybe you need time i mean there would be, I would imagine, ways of, of spending time like that that would give you more a better outcome, if you like, for the time you spend it. But unfortunately, John, I also think that, like you know, we've, we've picked on philosophy, martial arts, and, and and but I think any discipline, really, you know, if you allowed an English teacher to teach English, if you allowed you know a scientist to teach science, you know, if you allowed a historian to teach history, and just allowed them to to to, to bring those aspects to the table, I, I, I feel that, that it all does the same and it all offers the same. It gives somebody the chance to, to really get their teeth into something and, and get better at it and really, you know, enjoy it, you know, and, and, get, and, and find a sort of meaning in that.
0: Well, Pla- Plato thought geometry was the key to everything. The, the, before you even start asking questions about ethics or epistemology, or, or, um, or ontology, anything, questions of that kind, start with ge- geometry. <laughs> yeah, get your angles sorted out. Not for me. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I don't, yeah. Yeah, don't send me to that school. We're talking about the relationship between philosophy, if there is a relationship between philosophy and and uh, and martial arts. Mm,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I think there are there are a number of crossovers there, but I mean, I, the one that springs to mind really um, is this idea of a flow state, and, I, and I'll bring music in there as well. I mean, only because these are the areas I know about. I I, I, I would imagine anyone listening to this that's proficient in in, in anything they do would probably you know. Draw a similar kind of a, a analogy here, but the the idea of a flow state when you're under high stress in in in, uh, in, in competition, you know, whether or not that be MMA or, or, or jiu jitsu or, or whatever the, the whatever the athlete's doing, you, you, you kind of want you want the athlete in this flow state where time starts to be affected and and really the this kind of the person's skills hopefully can can express themselves. It's very much like being on stage with a guitar where you are improvising and you're playing you enter into this kind of flow state really where you're not really in control of anything it's it's just you're in this kind of state much like i remember um you know the finals of a degree or or or, or when you're studying if you're writing something you've got you know you've got a, uh, an article or a dissertation or something to do you know you the time shifts and changes. You're, you're literally in that moment. Uh, and, and I think that that's something that all of these have a crossover with. Uh, and, I, and I don't, I, like I say I'm, I'm talking about those areas because they're the ones I do I know a bit about. But I, I imagine, do you not think it could be crossed over to, I don't know, cycling or, 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 or a poet writing something or an artist looking at it? I, I,
0: think, I think the creative process, that sense in which people say, where did that idea come from? Where, where you know, that that uh, that you don't know the you don't know what the end of your sentence is going to be until you've said it, so that you can actually surprise yourself by your own thought or idea, is 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 the way in which the the, the, you know, the brain the brain works. This this magnificent and extraordinary thing of human consciousness, which seems to be able to produce um, something from magic. No wonder the wonder the Greeks had an idea of the muses and being touched by a muse. being able to be it came from outside that's that odd sense that i didn't initiate that idea of course i did
1: yeah i mean john that's an interesting i mean what you're saying now about the techniques of things there that's something that you know i need to reiterate that because uh it's you know i've talked a lot about technique and and technical and tactical kind of you know approaches to that and it this sounds very instrumental but that's you, you learn a technique in order to forget a technique. You know, when, when I play a guitar, the right-hand technique I have, I, I learned years ago, you know, I don't know, 30 years ago, from just re- repetition, from practice, 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 practice. And I, I and I, I do not think about it in the slightest. It just, it does exactly what I want, what, what, what I'm thinking, the notes will just get picked out. I don't have to think about it in the slightest. I think that's key. And, and I wonder whether or not in academia, you know, you you kind of draw upon the books that you've read. You read them, you forget them, but they're, they're, the ideas are there somewhere that you, you 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 know you interpolate certain ideas and you keep them. They become part of you. You reject other ones. It's definitely like that for martial artists. You know, the, you, you practice technique over and over and over again until you can forget it. You learn the technique and you forget the technique. Your pianist needs to practice the scales. You, 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 the fingers have to know. They have to know what's there in order to forget what's there in order to, to then truly express themselves, and and it's it's the same with martial arts. It's the same with definitely the style of guitar. My experiences of of doing what I do with that. Uh, so it's the same in academia as well, I think. And you're right. It's, it's definitely something which you you'll never hear mentioned once in a school. I mean, a lot of things aren't mentioned in schools, aren't they? I mean, one one that's always got me when I. Sort of reflect on my teaching, my life as a as a teacher was was um, you know you, I don't know, I don't know if I ever heard what does it lead, mean to lead a good life. I don't think I ever heard that said once. You know, and you're dealing you're dealing really in a in a school full of younger people who have a life ahead of them. The very idea of how how you should live your life in a way that's
0: meaningful to you never mentioned. Well, Richard, I've, I've thoroughly, as always, uh, in our conversations, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. And uh, I think anyone listening to this will, will think, as we have, uh, about about education and schools and what you do teach and what we don't teach, and uh, make an alternative curriculum. So, Richard, Dr. Willow, thank you very much for being a guest this week. And that concludes another episode of the Spinoza Triad. This week, I interviewed my friend and colleague, Dr. Richard Miller, and we discuss education. If you liked our discussion, please find us on Spotify, on multiple other platforms, join our Facebook group, look at the website, or just listen to us again. Thank you for listening.